Hi, everybody. Welcome to yet another inspiring interview in the Inspiring Interview series. And today's guest is Caroline Ferguson of Mindsetter Limited. Hi, Caroline. It's so lovely to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you. And I'm really just thrilled to be invited to, uh, to come and take part in this interview series. I think it's a really valuable thing that you're doing here. Thank you. I think so too. And I'm very honored that you want to be part of it. I'm also really curious, what is Mindsetter Limited? What, what do you do in your company? Mindsetter Limited um, is something I set up about six years ago. Um, I am a mindset trainer and a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist. I, I retrained seven, oh. eight years ago uh, after a, a career in, uh, in business communications and um, realized, I mean, as part of the sort of later story, probably that I realized that I needed to make a change. So at that point, I retrained, uh, took two years to, to do an advanced diploma. And then I knew immediately that I wanted to work with with high potential individuals rather than uh, people who were professed um, depressed or, or anxious. Mm -hmm. And that's when I set up Mindset Limited. I didn't really know what it was going to look like, the mindset training, no. uh, but over the last seven years or so, I have developed my own processes. And, and I now work with, with high potential individuals, highly sensitive people, and the people I call sensitive upstarts, mm -hmm. providing them with um, the tools and the training to really understand, become self-aware and to, fully self-actualize, really fully step into the promise that they have within them. Beautiful. So that's what Beautiful. we do. That's what I do yeah. in Mindsetter. Wow. And, and did I understand you correctly, uh, as in that you knew right away what type of company you wanted to start? Um, I knew right away that I didn't want to be a therapist. Okay. Um, but at the time that I was setting up Mindsetter, uh, people weren't talking about mindset a great deal. There were only really, you know, three or four of us in, in the big group of um, entrepreneurial women that I moved in on, on Facebook yeah. who spoke at all about mindset, whereas now it's, it's, it's everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Everybody is a mindset coach. Um, I deliberately don't call myself a coach. I am a trainer because I train people in a particular methodology particular mm -hmm. process that I've created yes. um, as a result of my cognitive behavioral hypnotherapy training, but also as a result of a, a lifetime of study into um, curiosity, into what, how our minds work and how we as people work. Yes. Uh, so, yes. yeah. So it, wow. it's, uh, it, and it's thrilling every day and it's new and different and interesting every day. That is so, so good to hear. Wow. Thank you for sharing. That was a pleasure. Pleasure. What was your biggest reason for, for wanting to become an entrepreneur? Um, for wanting to become an entrepreneur, I have been entrepreneurial since, uh, since I skipped the corporate world when I was 24. Um, I realized that I just am not a good employee. I'm mm -hmm. probably unemployable now. Here's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think it's very common with the people that I call sensitive upstarts. Yes. Um, both yes. sensitive and, and high sensation seeking in that we don't you know we don't play well um as employees uh, we are mm -hmm. too curious we want too much difference we want you know we're constantly seeking and being in one place for any length of time doesn't really give us that stimulus no. so i realized when i was 24 that uh, the corporate world although i could work within the corporate world i couldn't really work as an employee and i set up originally a business as a freelance copywriter uh, so that's what I was doing. My passion was really, I was working in marketing, but I was always the person that people would say, oh, you know, Caroline can write that or give her the press release to do. She can do that direct mail letter or that brochure or whatever. So I ended up setting up um, as a solo 
uh, it wasn't a limited company at that stage. I was um, what they call a sole trader in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, which is, you know, working for myself as a freelancer. And so I've been doing that for most of my adult working life okay. as a freelancer. And I basically moved from strictly being a copywriter to working as a business communications consultant, working with companies around business mm-hmm. transformation. And while I was doing that work, when a company is going through a lot of change, which most of the big organizations are constantly now, yes, definitely. Um, change is, is destabilizing within an organization and you get people who can cope with change mm-hmm. and you also get people who really can't cope with change. And I found yes. myself gravitating my messaging and my storytelling in business to, uh, to help support and persuade those people who found change difficult. So mm-hmm. I've always been interested in, in psychology really and how people, what makes people tick and particularly mm-hmm. what disturbs people why they get wound up and I found that as a communications consultant I was really you know playing to that audience in a sense um but uh, my I actually set up my limited company about probably about 15 years ago when when I, I almost outgrew the sole trader you know my my turnover at that point in my business was had reached a point where I really needed an accountant I really needed some admin support so mm-hmm. I then set up a limited company and I suppose at that point I really started to consider myself an entrepreneur rather than somebody who worked for herself and yes. I think there's a distinction there. Yes, you know, because when you're a freelancer, you're sort of a being hired. And it's, it's very similar to being an employee, only yes. you bill the employer instead of that they give you salary. But that's the, right. the principle is still fairly the same. And, and yeah. being a true entrepreneur in, in every sense of the word means that you, have, you really have your own company and you make your own rules and you decide what job you want to take, which client you want to work with. Absolutely. And how you grow your business, you know, it's yeah. really about, about growing the, the concept of the business rather than simply looking for your next client. Yes, exactly. so, so that was probably about 15 years ago. And then uh, I got to, I got to a really big birthday. <laughs> Um, and it was one of those ones with a big zero at the end of it and and I was working for a particular client I had a a great big global uh, massive multinational client um, with about 50,000 employees and they kept pulling me in to communicate on behalf of the leadership team whenever they had a big change Mm -hmm. and they had three changes three changes of leadership within 20 months Okay, well, their major shareholders were saying to them, right, you've got each leadership team had six months to turn it around. Mm -hmm. You can't turn around a business with 50,000 employees in six months. No, you can't do that. So I kept being wheeled in every six months to communicate on behalf of increasingly more terrified leadership teams to a workforce that didn't believe anything. That's that's unworkable. So it was it it was just dreadful. And the third time it happened, you know, was I was had this big birthday and I thought, oh, I'm not creating any value. There is no legacy to what I'm doing. It doesn't sit with my values at all. I'm communicating on behalf of these terrified people to more terrified people who don't believe anything. How can I possibly add, add any value in the situation and have any legacy when, when I'm not, I have no control over anything. Mm-hmm. And at that point I realized that I wanted the second half of my life to be about the value that I can give and the value I can get from giving. Yes. So I knew that I needed to find something else to do. Yes, so you want to shift within your company or within your your entrepreneurship. Yes, so that the entrepreneurship had a legacy. 
that it actually created difference for people, that it added value for people. And that was the point at which I, radical, you know, radical shift. But actually it wasn't so radical because thematically it was still about communication. It was still about storytelling and imagination. It was still about, um, you know, helping an audience. Yeah, the basics are the same, just the way that you do it changes. Exactly. And all of my interests in the past in terms of what makes people tick and in terms of heart and head, you know, they they were fully satisfied. So I retrained as this cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist and instantly, it was like instantly true north for me. Yes. straight away that I just couldn't understand why nobody asked me about this you know why why doesn't everyone get taught this in school we're taught how to how to learn but we're never taught how to think or how to use our mind especially we're not we're not taught anything about intuition or the feelings or one of the things that that really caught me when I was younger was that one moment I could be really happy and carefree like um, it's my natural state and then the next moment I could be really down or sad or even crying and I remember my mom keeping keep asking me what's wrong why are you crying why are you so sad and I never really had an answer for it and it made me not understand myself and it it made me not understand my reactions because I I couldn't find a cause for my unhappiness and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I learned that I am a highly sensitive person and I learned that it's possible for highly sensitive persons to take over other people's emotions yes that I started to understand what had happened when I was young. It yes. wasn't my emotion, it wasn't my sadness, it wasn't my grief. And that's why I couldn't answer the questions, why are you so sad? I it was your empathy picking up. Yeah. You were just channeling and being an antenna for, for, for other people's, absolutely, absolutely. Exactly, but I didn't yeah. know that that was possible. I thought I am feeling it, so it's mine, yes. which was to me really logical. So yeah. if they would have told me about high sensitivity when I was younger and explained to me everything that it entails and everything that I could expect and had explained to me that whatever I am feeling doesn't necessarily have to be mine, it would have saved me a lot of hardship and a lot of stress and a lot of not understanding myself and feeling weird and strange and like there may be something wrong with me or something yes i've always felt other in my life um and i completely agree which is why one of the reasons i think one of the many reasons i think that the work you and i do is so important because Mm -hmm. if we can help uh other talented Uh, highly sensitive people to become self-aware and to really understand who they are and not just accept but really embrace the the amazing gifts that come with being highly sensitive as well as being able to to look after ourselves and care for ourselves in in our vulnerabilities then you know more amazing people will come out into the world earlier on it took me a long time to understand who i was in fact it wasn't till i was training uh and and i was actually 50 when i when this happened to me so I was when I was training um, to become a cognitive behavioral hypnotherapist mm-hmm. I had the most amazing uh, the woman who, who ran the college you know one day she said to our very small group of, of uh, people who were training you know she said I'm sure after a particular episode she said I'm sure Caroline won't mind me saying that she is a textbook HSP <laughs> and I said what's that and she said a highly sensitive person and I thought 
highly sensitive person, you know. Um, and then I went and looked it up and I found Elaine Aron's book and it was a, a homecoming for me. Yes, um, for me as well. I realized that I had this little other point of difference, which is being high sensation seeking. Um, yes, I didn't, I wasn't well. quite textbook, but uh, there was so much there that I could really relate to. And at that point, ah, it was just like this massive exhale yes. of, so that's all I this read time. stories yeah. from people that I thought, oh, this could have yeah. happened to me. Or yeah. I read stories where I think this actually did happen to me too. Absolutely. And there was so much recognition in yes. reading those stories. And it was not only coming home to yourself, but also finding out that there are a lot of other people just yeah. like me. And yes, that's a belonging and not strange and that there was definitely nothing wrong with me. I'm just highly sensitive. Absolutely. And, and I let go of a great big load of shame, yes. you know, the shame that I carried with me, the fear I used to carry with me that I would start, you know, cry. I'm very emotional and I do cry a lot. And I used to worry. I, I would just spend my time worrying in particular situations that may have been around a communication around conflict or in a meeting that was difficult that I would get emotional I used to just be absolutely paralyzed with yes. with uh, you know tension that I would get emotional and it'd be inappropriate and what would people think of me and I was able to just get rid of all of that shame and what was really interesting is that when I stopped fighting the the need to cry mm -hmm. I didn't to cry I didn't yes. it didn't happen quite so much it was because I was from the fighting and the constant yeah. conflicts that you yeah. have that you feel like crying and Absolutely. when you surrender and just give in to your natural state of being yes and and now if it happens sometimes it does and I'm very quick the emotion rises very very quickly I will just say to people oh I feel a bit moved you know please just uh, just disregard this it's just me feeling moved and it'll be gone within a second and and we get it out of the way and it's not at all a problem anymore yes, Whereas for many I, years, I was frightened of my own emotion of showing that emotion in case other people thought that I was weak so the, the more that we can get this message out earlier the better yes and, and it was when I was retraining that I really had to look at my business in a different way and think okay what is this going to look like now mm. and I didn't know because I didn't really have a role model I didn't have a, ro a model for someone to follow um, I didn't know what I was doing to be honest I kind of had to make it up Mm -hmm. And now it feels very natural. But I do remember at the time that I did have anxiety around, you know, how am I going to, to sell this? How am I going to make this profitable? How am I going to find this kind of client for myself? Yes. And, it, you know, it was a learning curve. Um, and in the end, what really helped me was finding mentors and was investing in the right kind of training mm -hmm. and hanging out in the right, right kind of groups. There are plenty of groups of really, you know, great entrepreneurial women who are happy to share their knowledge and well, i'm actually yeah. i'm really glad that you're saying this because what i see also in my practice is because we are perfectionists i see a lot of hsps holding themselves back because everything isn't yet perfect yes. they still need to do this training or still need to take care of that or still yes. need to think of that and that prevents them from actually starting and you don't have to be perfect you don't have to have thought everything out until the littlest of details the no, most important right. thing is that you just start just take your first steps and keep on making even baby steps yes as long exactly. as you're taking steps and just just start it 
that's, that's one of the most important things. And one of the other most important things that I've noticed also in my own company is exactly finding a mentor or a sparring partner or a coach or, yeah. or someone who can help you uh, become unstuck when you're stuck, someone who can give you tips, advice, uh, who can... Um, give you motivation whenever you're not feeling it again, but also who can help you to rethink or structureize the ideas that you're having for your company or for your products or which clients you want to serve. I think every successful entrepreneur who is serious about his company, who feels a passion, a real drive to, to help people, it ha they have a coach, they have a sparring partner, they have a mentor. Every yeah. single last one i have one and i know my mentor has a mentor and i yeah. know her mentor has a mentor as well so there's no shame in asking for help on the contrary i think it's showing great strength and great character in acknowledging that of course you can do it by yourself of course you will get there when you do it by yourself but you will get there quicker with much more energy and much more fun when you have help you will. And, and we all make mistakes in terms of, you know, you have to make that investment because I'm very lucky in that I have an accountability partner who lives about um, six or seven miles away from me. And we spend every Friday morning together. And in the summer, we go and swim in an outdoor pool at eight o'clock in the morning for an hour. And then we have breakfast together and then we work together all morning. Cool. And she keeps me honest. You know, she we uh, agree with each other what our ob objection objectives are for the following week. And she will, I know, you know, she'll give me a hard time if, if I'm making excuses if I haven't done things. So that's a fantastic business yes. buddy. Um, I have a business uh, buddy as well. And, and I also have, yeah, I also have um, 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 marketing and um, entrepreneurial marketing from the heart uh, mentor that I invest in. Mm -hmm. And I've made some investments in my time that, that weren't, I didn't get a great deal out of either because I didn't do the work and that, you know, they can't do it for me. Nope. So it I only works if you do the work. <laughs> and I, I do meet a lot of entrepreneurs who buy everything in sight. Yes. Uh, and I was in that place at one point because you just, there's so much you don't know and you want that certainty. So you, you're thinking, I must have that. I must invest in this, spend a lot of money and don't do the work. Um, That's exactly why I started my community on Facebook. I have a highly sensitive entrepreneur community, yes. which uh, will connect other highly sensitive entrepreneurs with each other. But it's it's more yeah. like we can learn from each other. We can ask feedback yeah. from each other. And if you have new ideas and you want to bounce them off people, you can ask your questions in the group. You can ask people, what do you like better, this cover or that cover for my ebook, for instance, but sure. also... Uh, questions if you if you want to, to develop a certain program or some certain product or or if you just you're down and out and, and you don't see it anymore or you just need like an arm around your shoulder or you want to meet up actually with somebody and that's where the group is for and it's it's free and it's it's really wonderful to be able to share what you're going through with like-minded other highly sensitive entrepreneurs because Absolutely. Most it's invaluable to have that that trusted community yes. where you can uh, you can go and learn, you can vent, you can share, um, you can just you know cleanse yourself. Sometimes you need to just uh, get rid of some toxicity, and it's great to go and hang out with other people who really understand that. Exactly. Um, 
but but I think that from an entrepreneurial perspective it's completely invaluable to have those you know that kind of community of mm -hmm. other people and you need people who are further ahead than you are as well you it's great to be able to help up with yeah. them they inspire Yes, and I really enjoy helping people who've been doing this for, for less time than I have and who are maybe a bit confused. I enjoy mentoring them, but I also really seek to be, to be made uncomfortable in a way by people who are further ahead than me yes. so that I can expand my zone of comfort, so that I can you know, really keep learning and keep growing and keep expanding and, yes. and thinking in a bigger way. Because I think sometimes if we're left to our own devices, we stay a bit small. We stay, we stay in our comfort zone. We do, and it, it's really helpful. Um, I have a, a phrase that I use with my clients, which is tolerate the difficulty, because mm -hmm. it will feel difficult tomorrow. This new yes. thing, this expansion that you... Difficulty make it, means growing, means yeah. changing, and exactly. usually that's for the better, even though you might not see it when it's happening. <laughs> Trust in the process and just go with the flow and... and tolerate the discomfort yes. and it will not be uncomfortable for long Definitely. and that also you know that is like a muscle it grows our resilience it means mm. that next time we meet a situation which perhaps would have made us feel uncomfortable in the past it's not too much of a stretch anymore you know because no. we know un uh, un unconsciously you understand that you will survive this you'll be okay you know how to do. so yes keep growing i think is a, a really strong message and message yes what would you say were the top three benefits of having your own company for you? Um, independence. You know, mm -hmm. I'm a very independent person and I don't answer to anybody. Um, I, there's something actually I'd love to, to, uh, to give to your, uh, your community, which is my top five ways in, in which we disturb ourselves. It's a very simple process for working out how we're getting in our own way in any particular moment and it's called paces and one of the paces is about um self-rule the one i call self-rule and self-rule is all about don't tell me what to do mm. <laughs> and that one is strong the force is strong in this one you know so i always um, said from from a very early age my mother has told me this often i always said i want to do it myself yes i always wanted to do it myself i need to do it myself i need to do it my way don't tell my me what way. to do now I've, I've become, since I've become aware of that, I'm amused by it and, and I'm able to let that go when I need to. But actually having my own business means that I get to choose, I get to make the decisions, I get to decide how this looks and how my day looks and how my year looks and how my, what my clients look like. Um, so I love having that independence and that ability to make my own decisions. It's really important for me. Mm. It's not, you know, it's not a primary need for everybody, but it certainly is for me. Um, I would say a second benefit is I absolutely get to choose who I work with. Mm -hmm. you know, I know who my ideal clients are and, and what really lights me up is supporting uh, people I call sensitive upstarts. That's my name for them. And it's this human category, there's 6% of us in the world and we're really, I know that you are one as well. You know, sensitive, a lot of sensitive entrepreneurs are. And basically it is that combination of high sensitivity and high sensation seeking, that constant desire, that drive forward for new experiences and intense experiences. Mm -hmm. And uh, yes. so those are, those are my people. Those are the people that I choose. Yeah, I remember in, in my job, this one of the things that, 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 that slowly was killing me, actually, is in the beginning when you start a new job, it's, 
it's still challenging because everything yeah. is new and you need to learn the, the, the tasks that you are entrusted with and you need to learn your, your co-workers and you need to, to get to learn the, the company and then yeah. you're still motivated and, and challenged. But then there, come, there always comes a moment when I can do what I need to do in my sleep basically and and yeah. it the, the 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 challenge is gone and the newness yeah. is gone and then we um, have a low boredom threshold you know it's just part of the package yes um, it starts to get boring and and i need to be challenged i i thrive in a job where I can have many hats and then I can do this and then I can do that and, and it changes yes. every day none no days are the same yes that's, that's my third thing actually is is the constant variety and the constant stimulation um so so the first one is that I get to choose because yes. you know I am somebody who likes to do it themselves second one is really about that I get to work with the people who light me up and the people who light me up are the high the sensitive upstarts who know they were born for something more and there's just that sensation you that feeling you can't shake it off there is supposed to be more i'm supposed to be adding more value i'm supposed to be making a difference and when you don't know what that is or you don't need i mean some people call it purpose Mm -hmm. I tend not to talk about purpose because I think purpose is so big and it's so loaded and people are scared of getting it wrong. And do I just have one purpose for the rest of my life? You know, I tend not to talk about purpose. I talk about impact. Mm -hmm. You know, what's the impact you want to make? So I want to work with sensitive upstarts who really want to deliver that impact, who know they were born for something more and who are aspirational, who are leaders in waiting or, or already leaders. You know, uh, those are the people I want to, to work with. I want to help them self-actualize, which is really to own their potential and, and live it and, and, you know, breathe it and bring it out. So yes. step fully into it. And it's a very particular kind of person that I want to work with. And working for myself, having my own business allows me to go out and create that human category. Exactly. You know, to, to identify those people and show them who they are. Because yeah. bringing them together into a community is um, just about one of the most satisfying thing, things I can think of doing. So mm. that's the second one. And then the third one, as you mentioned, is having that constant variety. So having that stimulation, because I do have a low boredom threshold, that my sensation seeking side is quite high. Yes. Um, I've done some crazy things in the past to satisfy that side of me. Uh, you know, the motorbike days and the running a scuba diving um, organization things like that you know I, yeah. I was constantly needing these intense sensations thrill-seeking if you like but it was more about new experiences yes because even running a dive place became boring after a while for me because it was just another job it's know? about yeah. being challenged and it's about yeah. for me it's also about being able to use my mind because I am also um, high conscious and high gifted yeah. so I, my intelligence level is really high and it needs to be stimulated I need to have problems I need to solve or people yeah. I need to help and it needs to be fed it's like a hungry beast yes <laughs> and it needs fuel yes it, it does and I think that's where self-awareness is such an uh, it is the single I think the single most important skill that we can develop as human beings never mind as entrepreneurs is the skill of knowing who we are and being able to tune in to what I call our inner radio you know, this self-talk that is going on 24 hours a day, up to 70,000 thoughts a day. We need yes. to know when to listen in and when 
generally what, what I advise my clients is when you feel a disturbance, when you feel emotionally uh, off kilter, that's when you need to tune in and listen to the story you're telling yourself about what's mm -hmm. going on. Yes. And when that's we know also how very to important. That, yeah, when when we have when we have that ability, and it's not a natural ability because if we were listening to seventy thousand thoughts a day, we'd all go mad. You know. Mm -hmm we burn out very quickly. Um, but apparently 93% of people believe they're self-aware, but, but only just over 10% actually really are. So I think that learning to become self-aware and to be able to tune in when it matters and understand the stories we're telling ourselves about what's going on, that's the number one skill we can learn because if we can't hear it, we can't change it. Yes. And so it, it's Part just like becoming aware. Exactly. And can change. And I think that self-awareness is the most important skill for entrepreneurs, particularly. We need yes. to understand. You have to know your pitfalls and you have to know your yes. strong points so you, you can use it in your company. Absolutely. Try to force yourself to do bookkeeping, for instance, and, and yes. you are horrible with numbers, then yes. it will be an energy drain like no tomorrow. And yeah. then yeah. It's You'll better. be in your no zone. <laughs> exactly. Then it's, it's better to just acknowledge okay this is not my forte i will hire somebody to do this for me so that i have my time free to do the thing and that's that's not always easy you know certainly starting out on an entrepreneurial journey we don't necessarily have the money or the resources to hire somebody else so sometimes we have no choice but to do that those bits ourselves for a while i know certainly you know for me it was technology and and process I just, mm -hmm. I just wasn't very good at it. Um, but by doing it, I'm still not the best at it, but I'm, I'm reasonably competent and I now am able to outsource, but I'm able to have much better conversations with the people that I outsource to mm -hmm. because I understand it. I've taught exactly. myself and I understand it. So I'm not really at the mercy of other people who, who want to do things their way. Um, I don't want to be a master in it, but I want to understand it enough so that I can keep an eye out and that I'm able to talk about it with the people exactly. that I'm exactly so it is a learning curve and i really think that probably one that most of us need to go through certainly on the sales and marketing side you know if you're outsourcing sales and marketing you really kind of need to know what's going on first yourself yes. because otherwise you you could end up with a brilliant brilliant person who's the right person for you or you could end up with somebody who's just going through the motions and you need to be able to tell the difference yes because you are passionate about what you're doing because otherwise you would not have started your company so you want that passion to come across uh, because otherwise you won't attract your ideal clients so right. you want somebody in your marketing and, and sales department that can take that enthusiasm make it their own enthusiasm and yes. then Put that enthusiasm in every single outing that you're that you do for your company exactly uh, you need to be able to attract your ideal outsourcers as well as your ideal clients you know it's yes. about building the team around you that that vibrates with you that resonates with you that uh, exactly. that's why i wanted to interview yeah. every single last one that i added to my team because yeah. i wanted to see if there was the personal click i wanted to see what type of person they were what their energy was how i was feeling when they were near and, and if they would bring out the best in me as well and, and would bring out the best in them and then you would have like a partnership made in heaven or an employee made in heaven absolutely and the only thing that is missing from that i completely agree with you but there was one piece missing from that for me in that i was 
attracting those people and bringing them on and I still wasn't able to be successful this is in the first few years of my business mm -hmm. and recently I've become um, part of a, an entrepreneurial movement uh, which is run by a guy called Roger James Hamilton I don't know if you've come across him oh. but he's um, I, I spent uh, two weeks in Bali in April at mm -hmm. something called iLab which is run by the Entrepreneurs Institute and it's basically a two-week uh, deep dive into your business um, and where better to do it than Bali? There were 13 of us in yeah. a group of people, yes. and we spent two weeks with high-level mentors um, working on different aspects of our visibility, of our strategy, of our business processes, and it was, it was excellent. So, you know, I've been diving into that recently, but Roger James Hamilton has set up a, a kind of personal personality profiling system called Wealth Dynamics. And wealth dynamics is based on Jungian and I Ching, and, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly standard personal profiling but where it's different is that it's specifically business related so okay. what you do is you you uh, profile yourself my profile is that I'm almost um, I'm very strongly in the creator what they call the dynamo creator mode mm -hmm. so I know I'm an ideas person I love you know brainstorming with people I'm extremely good at creating at, I'm very highly imaginative but over the years I've also strengthened my process uh, aspect which is mm -hmm. Uh, become because I have been breaking down my knowledge into processes that other people can then um, can then adopt and learn so my process skills have strengthened but also I am more what they call now a blaze energy a star energy which is all about going out and talking about it because I'm so enthusiastic and passionate about this that I want to get onto people's stages I want to do interviews like this I want to go and educate people out in the world and for, in order to do that I had to overcome my my instinctive shyness so I know that since you're telling me this because there are a lot of standard tests also for entrepreneurs yeah. out there and they made me take one when I just started out the the, the, the we have a, an organization in my country that's called the KVK and they have those types of tests to see what yes. type of entrepreneur you are and which area you might need help yes. but the, the, when I did the test it didn't reflect the, the outcome didn't reflect who I was okay. and some people in my vicinity had to fill out the test for me, the way they saw them. And they all said to me, oh, I'm so very sorry. I thought I was doing you a favor, but now that I see the results, I don't yeah. recognize you in the end result of what I filled in. So okay. that means that, that the, the normal tests, I think, are not really equipped also for, the, for us, for the highly sensitive person. Yeah. Yeah, well, the, this one, Wealth Dynamics is very good, and I do advise my clients, my entrepreneurial clients, to take it because what it does is you need a balance of the energies in mm -hmm. order to create a good team. Um, and I ran a co-ran a business a few years ago called Embrace Yourself, where there were four of us women. We were madly in love with each other. We had a nutritionist. We had a, a, a body um, a conditioning and fitness person. We had me on mindset. And then we also had a personal stylist. And we used to run these wonderful days called Embrace Yourself Days where we would go to a beautiful location, we'd have a, a wonderful room full of women, and we would basically be talking them through top to toe, inside out, wellness, vitality. So it was about food, it was about movement, it was about mindset, and it was about how you present yourself. And we were just, we loved each other, um, but we could not make it work. And it was only when we did profiled ourselves and we discovered we had three creators and one process person. We yeah, didn't have any yeah, and what they call the steel energy that we need to focus on business process. We just didn't have that at all. We had three ideas, people. 
Yes, and, and it's good to have ideas, but when the ideas are the only thing that you have, then it's not going anywhere. You need the implementers, you need that. And that, yeah. you know, that part of things would just drag exactly. the rest of us down. So, of course, our business could never have worked uh, without adding more people. And when you've already got four people sharing the profit, you haven't got yeah. space or room to, to add more people. So no. it, was, it became very clear to me when I looked at Wealth Dynamics and our profiles. So what you were saying completely resonated with me. You absolutely have to have that feeling. You have to have common aims and goals, but I think you also need to have a mix of skill sets. Yes. Um, yeah. At Wealth Dynamics, uh, you, you have to pay a little bit. It's not a great deal of money. I think it's about 75. It's not worth it to hire somebody who was an exact copy of you because no. you are already you. So you need somebody yeah. with additional skills Exactly. You, you can buy tokens for this test to, to give to the people you're thinking of bringing on board. But they also have a free version in um, something, a website called Genius U, um, Genius with a, a U at the, the end. And you can take a free test which talks to you about your genius and your talents. So it's not a cult or anything like that. It's just incredibly helpful community of entrepreneurs. Cool. Uh, so that may be something that certainly if you're building a team, I would strongly advise that you profile the members of that team to make sure that they are filling not just the personality um, you know, gap, but, but also the skills gap. Yes. Uh, that they really Thank have. You for sharing. That's, That's really, awesome. really valuable information. Thank you. It was valuable, certainly valuable for me because we cool. tend to attract people like us. You know, we yes. tend to just embrace it. Yeah. Oh, I love you. I, I want you on my team. But it's not always the right decision. No, it's not always the right choice. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Caroline, is there maybe a message that you have for the viewers that are watching today that are having doubts about starting their own company? Um, I would say that it's not for everyone. You know, I'll just come out right out and say it. And a lot of people feel that uh, if they feel a pull to be an entrepreneur, to, to have to run a business, then I would say, yes, go ahead and do it. But if there's a sense of dread about working for yourself, um, explore that. It may be that you're not meant to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. and sometimes the dread is just the fear of the unknown, the fear of what we don't know, that the uncertainty. Fear of coming um, out of your comfort zone. The, exactly. Yeah. You know, that, that um, in, in the, the material that I'll share with you about paces, you know, the, well, I could very quickly go through them. Actually, they're the five main ways in which we hold ourselves back that I've identified are P is for perfectionism. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't want to fail. Um, no. we, we want to make sure that, that everything is perfect. Um, exactly. A is approval addiction. That's a strong one for HSPs. You know, yes. we don't want to we let want people, people to like us. We want yeah. people to approve of what we are, what we are doing. Yes. But we also don't want to disappoint people. No. And that can sometimes hold us back where we know that, for example, our families or our partners are threatened by what we're doing. If we've got a strong A in places, the approval, then that can really hold us back because we yes. need to, uh, you know, we feel we need their permission or we need their blessing. And we don't always get that. Definitely. change when we move on and grow it can make other people feel uncomfortable people who have a vested interest in keeping us the way we are and so that's the a in paces and then the c is the need for certainty that used to be a strong one that that used to really bite me and the certainty shows up as i have to know how to do this i need everything in place i need to know what the next step is i need to know it's all going to end well it's going to turn out okay really side with perfectionism also eh? yeah Oh, oh they're, they're all, you know, they're all interlinked. And then the E in paces is about ease. People don't want life to be difficult. They don't want to feel uncomfortable. They don't want to feel out of their depth or, or unsafe or insecure. So that's the E. 
um, and that's all about the, the difficulty in tolerating uh, yeah. you know tolerating discomfort and then the s as i mentioned before is self-rule and self-rule is all about governing ourselves it's about our identity um yeah. it's about don't tell me what to do i want to you know it's about self-governance um so well, those <laughs> are the five ways that i've identified over yeah. many years of doing this in which I recognize all of them <laughs> yeah and and we all have we all have all of them in some measure, but we tend to have this strong cocktail of our own particular paces. For me, it used to be approval addiction, a need for certainty. But as I became much, much more self-aware, it's interesting that it's now perfectionism and self-rule. So yeah. that shows me that I'm growing in my business, in yeah. that I've shifted away from the need for approval and the need to feel safe. And now it's all about you know, identity and it, about wanting to do well. So, mm -hmm. so it, it has moved for me, but it's interesting. Whenever I do that, that exercise with my clients, it's all, oh, oh my God, that's me. Oh my God, that's me. And it's really easy to say to yourself in a moment where you feel uncomfortable or disturbed, right? Which of those paces, hotspots is being triggered right now? Mm -hmm. Is it that I want to do this brilliantly and I don't think I can? Is it that I want to be certain of how to do it? Outside perspective helps in, in yes. identifying. It enables us to, to emotion coach ourselves because mm -hmm. when we can identify, right, I know where this discomfort is, is coming from now. I understand mm -hmm. that it's my need not to disappoint that mm -hmm. is causing me anxiety here. Or it's the fact that someone else is telling me what to do. Oh, I can tell you a story. Actually. When I was, um, um, when I, I, I love maps. You know, when I'm driving, I didn't use a sat-nav for years and I finally got a sat-nav and I discovered that I was getting so road ragey you know i was just so quick to anger told you where to go <laughs> because this woman was telling me what to do the whole time yes, and when i, I realized so cool. i ignore her often <laughs> i was just sitting in the car like, i had to pull on the side of the road laughing my head off because it just you know it was just so perfectly encapsulated my need to choose for myself so i had to turn the voice off i just had to pick i switched the voice to the jamaican one. Oh yeah is, well, you need to turn right here if you want to <laughs> and then it made me laugh because then they, they were still telling you what to do but in such a way that, that you can only laugh and that that helps a lot so i turned it into a funny voice yeah, again, we come back to self-awareness and that, that paces exercise, which you know, I'll, I'll, I'll provide a, a link um, for, cool. for your community. But that when we understand where that disturbance is coming from, then we can do something about it. We can change exactly. the story. Yes. But when, when you just feel this generalized sense of anger or anxiety, or whatever, and you just, you know, you're twitchy and, and snappish and, you know, feeling uncomfortable, mm. you can't do something about it until you know what's causing it. So yes. very quickly, you can say, okay, which of my paces hotspots is being triggered ah, here? Thank um, you. Also very valuable. Thank you for sharing. Nice. It's a pleasure. So I'll just, I'll just provide a little outline of that, a little guide. Yes. With cool. And too. I understood that you also have something that you want to give our viewers today. Yes, exactly. And that's, that's what it is. It's an explanation. Ah, it talks cool. you through the paces and it's an explanation of how you can use this exercise mm. To, you know to help you in any moment in which you feel uncomfortable awesome. um, where you know you feel your emotions are not really being helpful to you uh, you can identify pretty much exactly what's causing it wow. say when we can hear it we can change it and if you understand and you can also have you know self-compassion if you understand right the reason I'm procrastinating here is because I am um, I don't know 
you know, that it's going to turn out okay. I don't think I have everything in place, that, that sort of need for certainty. And I'm worried about letting people down and I want to do it perfectly and I don't think I can. You can then be, when you understand that, you can be compassionate with yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, you can do a bit of self-coaching and say, well, we don't need to know everything. We don't need to do it perfectly. Getting it out is good enough. And the first step is good enough. You know, and... Please. Um, if you're watching today and, and you recognize the paces that Caroline has just told you about and you want to know how you can recognize them sooner and which things, which actions you can undertake to, uh, to start working with them and to transform them into your strength, then go to her website. I will share the link with you and you can download her paces. Awesome. Yeah, it's Thank a really you. simple tool, but it, it actually has a, makes a profound difference. Yes. Thank you very much, Caroline, for your time okay. today and for this wonderfully inspiring interview and, and all your, your wisdoms that you shared with us. I loved it and I think everybody that watched today will, will have loved it as well. Thank, well, thank you, Barbara, for, for inviting me on. It's just such a privilege, you know, to be able to have these conversations, A, with other sensitive entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. but also to be able to share this inspiration and this knowledge um, with, with your community. And Because I think the more we can support and bring each other on, um, the more we can, we can grow this. Yes, um, yes, the stronger we become and we're you know we're much stronger when we are part of these teams and communities so thank yes. you so much for inviting me on it's been an absolute pleasure thank you you are most welcome okay okay yeah. all Take right care. bye bye <laughs>